We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire podcast. I am Ty Windish, joined as always by my captivating co-host, Rohan Khadi. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well, letting uh, the emotions have sort of sunk in. It's sort of, uh, <laughs> we're a day removed from Milwaukee winning uh, game five. Yes, game five, right? Uh, in yes. Phoenix on the road in thrilling fashion. It's been a day, I'll say that. You just sort of, you need time to process these sort of things, put your head in a clear space and sort of analyze what really happened in that game. But it's been good. I'm doing well and I'm ready for, uh, I'm ready for this mail bet. Yeah, I mean, we are, uh, we're part of the Eurostep Podcast Network. And as part of that, we're stealing from the other podcasts on the network. Winning Six Podcasts known it's not for the stealing if we're all in the same IP. Well, also, I mean, they didn't come up with the concept of a mailbag, but known for doing great mailbags. So we're going to try and do our best Adam and Jordan impressions here with our own mailbag ahead of game six. Um, yeah, a lot of thoughts on the game and on the series and everything. And I think I think we'll probably get to most all of them throughout the questions because we've gotten a lot of good questions that I think touch on most of the key parts of the series and the key topics. So and we also got some ones we wouldn't have thought of if we just recorded our own episode. So uh, this will be fun. I'm excited. We are put the call out on Twitter and in the Discord. So if you don't follow us on Twitter, I am at Ty Windish. Rohan is at Arcadi Jr. And at Eurostep Podcast is the podcast account. All three of those accounts put out the ask uh, as we're recording Sunday evening-ish, late afternoon, early evening, somewhere around there. It's it's uh, evening. Evening, sure. And we also put it in the Discord. So that is only accessible to those who have left a five-star review. The, the same ones that we read at the end of these podcasts. But if you send it to us either on Twitter at any of the ads given or uh, EurosteppPod at gmail.com, if you're not on Twitter, we can get you into the Discord and then you can... Get a chance to ask questions in there, interact with us and a bunch of other Bucks and GSPN fans and listeners, and also get priority question asking. So with all the, uh, you know, 
intro stuff out of the way. First question from Stow Center ninety three in the Discord: What's the drink of choice for Game Six? Am I going first? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it will be a Tuesday, so <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing too exciting. But have to go with what I'm drinking right now: Vita Coco coconut water. Sponsor me. Just you know, Ty already went through the ads. Let's let's get this taken care of. But yeah, incredible, incredible. Just I love coconut water. I love anything coconut. So easy, easy choice there. Rohan's going with the coconut water. I think probably gonna have some normal water. I might have maybe like a, a soda or some sort of a I have these caffeinated sparkling waters, maybe one of those during the game. Probably dip into a Coors Light to keep it chill as we uh, round out the game and get into the podcast. I grabbed two beers as we got started uh, to do the last pod. So, yeah, I think there's going to be some alcohol worked in there for sure. But maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I mean, you got to be, you know, there, there'll be a time and place, I think, for us to not overindulge, of course, but more indulge. Not Not podcast days, though. Yeah, no. Uh, we gotta we gotta keep it a little bit uh, under control, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be a uh, it'll be a good time for Game Six on Tuesday. But uh, we'll be well prepared drink wise. So thanks for the question, Still Center ninety three. Next question from uh, basically similar questions between uh, Rare Monkey and Cross Eye here. How do we get no Jeff Teague minutes? And then do you think we should go to a seven man rotation for Game Six and cut all Teague minutes entirely? So this has been an interesting question for couple games now, I should say. Uh, we have completely seen Bryn Forbes uh, exercise from the rotation because uh, he's just, he's not playable. He's not hitting his shots, not providing anything on the defensive end. So he is bringing no positive value to this Milwaukee Bucks team. However, you do need at least a little bit of guard depth, which is why Drew Holiday, uh, whenever he sits, Jeff Teague has been getting some run. So unless you want to go full-on jumbo bucks in the minutes that Drew Holiday is not on the court, which we did see the Milwaukee Bucks do for at least a little bit, a couple minutes in uh, in Game 5 and previously in this series, you have to play a little bit of Jeff T. Given the minutes, especially in Game 5, were not good whatsoever. They were awful. But he has shown that he is capable of making some sort of plays here and there. Whether we've seen the the last of Jeff Teague being a positive contributor, we probably have. But I don't think he's going to be completely taken out of the rotation. I think he's going to get a couple of minutes here and there because you just need to buy time. I, I think I actually disagree. I'm trying to pull up the numbers right now. How did the jumbo lineup do? I know it barely played. It like it was fine. I think they got outscored in those minutes, but it was it was literally just like one or two minutes that they played in game five at least. They were plus so, one, uh, I think. Were they a plus one? Okay, Everton, maybe not. Tucker, Giannis, Portis, Lopez. That was yeah. it, right? Yeah. Plus one in one whole minute. So <laughs> the thing is like basically the question you have to ask when you're looking at Teague's minutes. Is it worth trying Teague? And we're talking about like six minutes, but which sounds like nothing. I mean, the look at the off on for Booker in game five. Six minutes can very much determine a basketball game. Do you want to live with Teague and knowing there's a lot of variance there? Or do you want to try and throw out a crazy lineup like that where basically Chris is your point guard 
and you just play a bunch of other guys. And I think really it doesn't even have to be that weird of a lineup because I mean, if you have like Pat PJ Giannis and one of Portis Lopez, it's not that strange of a lineup really. Right. Like it's not that big. I mean, I think we're used to thinking of Pat and PJ as fours, but they've had to downsize who they're guarding this whole series. And you can very easily, like if the lineup was Chris, Giannis, PJ, Pat, and Portis, I mean, that's a great spread pick and roll lineup for Chris and Giannis to cook. There's your offense. Defensively, it's obviously, this has to be when Booker is sitting for sure. I mean, you can't afford to not play Drew, I think, in Booker minutes, even if he's not guarding him. And that's a separate question we will get to. Um, but I think I would rather go with a jumbo look than Teague at this point. Like, I don't – he he was so bad in game five. And I know game six is at home and role players at home and everything else. But I don't – I mean, I think you play him. I think you do play him. But I think if it's one bad minute, he plays one minute in the game because – this is Jason Kidd-esque. I don't think you could lose a game in one minute. Like, if it's, like, literally two possessions, there's deeper issues. But I wouldn't be mad if people were like, just don't play him at all and, and go to Chris at point guard in those those minutes. Like, I understand that, too. I'd probably give it a go. But if it's bad, you have to – if you do it and it's bad, you have to pull the plug immediately. Yeah, you just you have to have the shortest of leashes possible, realistically. You have to give it a shot, though, because given game six might be the last game of the season, but uh, uh, what, what are you saving them for? But you, you can't just wear them out. Like, they're already all, you know, gassed. We see Yada's gassed, Chris is gassed. Every, everyone's gassed because they've been How playing. How many minutes do you think Drew and Chris are going to play in this game? I think Drew would have logged. I think 44, 45. I think Drew would have logged 44 if he doesn't pick up the two quick fouls. It's got to be mid to upper 40s, doesn't it? I it would, has to. It's a closeout think, game for think, the NBA final. I would think 44 is probably a safe bet, and it could even be higher. So we're talking about two to three minutes. I, I don't know if it's it, – here's another question. Is it even worth playing a guy? for two to three minutes total in a game. Can you really hope to get that much out of someone for that? Or should you just stick with the seven eminently more playable guys? It wouldn't I shock mean, me if we saw no Teague in this game. It wouldn't shock me realistically, but is if you can squeeze out like a minute or two of rest, like you, you take it, especially with the way Bud uses his rest in terms of timing it with timeouts and everything so he can maximize a the on-time court while also maximizing the rest, which I think is a really underrated quality of what Budenholzer has been doing in this finals run. Uh, you have to you have to give him a, maybe like one or two minutes, and that would be worth it because yeah, it's just you, that much more rest. But you can do it without playing Teague. You can, but just... I don't know. The lineups get weird. I, it's, it's definitely feasible. I can see how it would happen, and I can see it actually working out well. I just, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that big of a deal if it's just two minutes. I don't know. He was really bad in game five. I don't know. The more I talk about it, the more I think it would be best to just not not roll the dice on it. You know, your top-end players have been better than their best three guys since the series swung after those first two games. Since I mean, the first game. 
No, first two. No, first, first two. First yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first two for sure. Um, I don't think you play him. I think you stick with the seven guys who can play and figure it out for those four minutes that are weird, honestly. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I could – I mean, this is a thing where I'm sure there's people out there listening going, oh, yeah, if only Bud would ever do that. Pat was the only guy who played in Brooklyn Game 7 off the bench. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, the one thing that hasn't changed about Budenholzer, completely impossible to predict what's coming next. I've, I've always kind of felt like this, even when it was worse. I feel like, he was finding new ways for us to want to tear our hair out. And now he's, like, just all over the board. I mean, I'll never forget my my greatest example of this. We spent so long trying to figure out how the Bucks without Dante matched up against Brooklyn. And game one, Giannis starts on Kyrie. Like, what? Like, that's still one of the all-time most hardest to predict Bucks matchups. And I, I realize this is a very – this would be, like, the worst Jeopardy category ever. But one of the hardest to ever have seen coming – Bucks defensive lineup uh, things to open a game or a period. So yeah, that was happen. that was wild. I mean, forty three seconds into the game, they had to change everything. Yeah, but like, crap, but that was incredible. I I forgot about that. I'm, I just I'll never. It's been a long I'll, run. I'll just, I remember just watching it like what? Ah, uh, yeah. What that I would have liked to see more of uh, all of that complete series. I, I think I know most people don't agree. I think the most people outside of Wisconsin don't agree. I think the Bucks. I don't think they lose that series, even with everyone's healthy. But it's a topic for another day. We got another Discord question as we recorded, doing it live. Jules ESQ asks, how do the Bucks defend the Suns' perimeter game? Do the Bucks just let Booker get his and clamp down on the others? Or should they put Drew on Booker, who has had back-to-back scorching games? So there's a lot of Twitter questions like this, too. We'll still read out the questions quickly, but I think we're going to address a few right here. Personally, I do the exact same thing you've done in the last two games, which is let Drew Hound, or more than that, but let Drew Hound CP for the vast majority of the game when when CP and Booker are both out there. And if you can, and I say if, it, it has happened the last three games now, Take him out of the equation and take the, t- the other teammates out of the equation, which the hardest one is Aiton. And they've gotten a little help from Aiton himself and a little help from Booker in this. But, like, don't leave shooters to help. Don't, don't drop, switch on the screens, which the Suns will run over and over to get Booker off of PJ and on the Pat or Brooke or somebody else. I'm, you can drop some pick. I, actually, they've, they've had some good drops. but. The, the, key, the key idea is you're not going to let the Suns take a lot of open threes. This is a stat I shared on Twitter earlier today. The Suns hit 23s in their game two win and shot 50%. They shot 68% in game five. They only attempted 19 threes. One less attempt than they had makes. That is a shift in what the Bucks are doing to say we're not going to give you those looks because those can definitely kill us. We're going to try our best on Aiton. That, honestly, that some of that's just been effort and guys playing bigger and frustrating him, uh, which has been awesome to see. But we're not going to help off of. We're not going to over-rotate, anything else like that. Drew is going to take away CP. So if Booker wants to try and beat whoever he can get matched up on him 40 times in that game, 
we're going to live with that, how the chips may fall. Booker has been awesome. All caps, awesome. Like, even for him, like, way above average games. 40, twice in a row. They lost both games. It's, 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 this is the way. This is the way. Is that a Mandalorian reference? Yes. Haven't even watched it yet, but I, I oh, I so memes. you didn't even understand you were making I know the memes. Yeah, but I, but I know I get the gist of it though. Okay, cool. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but no, I agree. We've seen when Chris Paul has been allowed to just dictate the flow of these games. It a lot of times it's gone really, really, really well for Phoenix. I don't want it. That's a whole another can of worms. I don't really want to get into <laughs> CP's influence. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a fun Twitter discussion that's ongoing. Sure um, is. But what we've seen so far is if Devin Booker is running the show and you know getting his own. The Bucks can handle that if they're minimizing everyone else. If Chris Paul is dictating the flow, like I just said, they the Suns have been doing really well. Take a look at that fourth quarter. That's when Chris Paul was playing at his best. Take a look at games one and two. It speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think – and Booker's potential assists have gone way down. The Suns' corner threes have gone way down. And what's funny to me, there is a whole thing raging on Twitter right now. Hopefully people listening were outside enjoy, or if you're online, that's the great thing. Like being online right now is just watching the value over and over all the new angles and different songs on it. Like being online for bucks people is awesome, but there's a whole thing like is Booker at fault? No. And that's the issue with online discourse. Nobody gets credit when we play the slander game and we like to dabble in some slander, but give the bucks credit. Like he's taking what's there. The problem for him is there's not much there that's very good right now. And that's because the Bucs are doing a much better job at stopping Aiton from dominating. And it's the CP thing. I mean, he's clearly still banged up. It's the playoffs. I mean, most everyone is. But as something with his hand, I know his left hand, all that, whatever. Putting all that aside, acknowledging it, but putting it aside, the fact of the matter is Drew has taken CP out of most of these last three games and there's no help. And that's that's what it comes down to. There's no help for Booker right now. He's good enough to beat the man who's on him because they're using Drew to take away CP, which I think is the right thing to do. Like, I don't think you can take away Book. I don't think Drew could do it either. If you can take away a guy, like to the extent that Drew has taken away CP and flustered him, if you make it a one-on-three – it's just good math. The Suns shot like 50, 70, 92 at home. Go look at what all the role players shot. They were all tremendous. They lost. It's good math. Like one on three is good math. That's what the Bucks have been able to do. So I, I just think it's the right call. And I just think you need to stick with it. There's no reason to go away from it now. No, there really isn't. Uh, you got to stick with what's working. You got to go with your guns. You got to go and use that same winning formula while also playing random. Uh, Gotta play had to, random. Gotta play. Had to random. work that. Yeah. <laughs> had to work that in there. Uh, should we switch over to the? Uh, oh no, we have another yeah. Discord. Yeah, question. Discord questions are uh, rolling in. So this is from Pal in the Discord. What would Pat's ceiling be if he was six eight with the same strength and athleticism? So also, this, oh no, go ahead. Oh, also switch Bobby and Bryn's heights. Who's who? The better player of the two now. That's what it says. 
Um, the second question is going to be tough. The first question, I've been thinking about this for a little bit now. I saw it a couple of minutes ago. I have, an, I have a name. I think, I think he would be Marcus Morris. That's I, not like, a that's that's not bad. Like I feel like with that height, I mean, he probably maybe still is not like the contested shot. No, yeah, Morris Marcus Morris likes to take a lot of face up jumpers. I don't think he's that maybe, guy. I mean, maybe if Pat is six eight, he's more confident and willing to do that. I mean, being six eight helps a lot with with shooting. Like, How tall is he? Six four. I think he's six four, six five, somewhere in there. Also, we oh. would not have to debate that he's sneakily a four anymore. He would just be a very obvious. Maybe he'd be Jeremy. He's six Grant. five. He'd be right Jeremy now. Grant. Oh, before this year, before this year. Like I don't think yeah. he scored twenty five a game on the Bucks, but like Denver Jeremy Grant, who is one of the most valuable players in the league, like that that archetype of like a good with size, legit stretch four who can defend in space and down low, knock down threes, athletic. Like he'd be a very good role player. He would probably make like five times annually what he makes now. Yeah, no, for off, sure. Off those measurables be... alone, at least after this shooting season. After this, shooting yes, season. yes, it's all predicated on him continuing this performance. Yeah, if, if he <laughs> shot, right if now. he shot the way he shot, I mean, I can't. He'd probably, I mean, he'd probably start right. Might be Kevin Durant. <laughs> he would. He'd be a very good role player next to Giannis. If you're looking at Giannis at the five. I mean, we're talking about like that stretch four that they're going to need, like somewhere in the post PJ world. Is Thanasis going to stop committing 84 fouls per 36 and learn how to shoot? And Pat would be ideal if, if he was 6'8. Pat, no, I mean, Thanasis knows how to shoot, man. I'll, I'll go back to that game, that Bulls game oh, yeah, every time. I, I know. You love that Bulls game. But he, Pat would be really, I think he'd still just be, it, he wouldn't move like away from role player to star, but he would go from role player to like nearly elite role player. Yeah, he'd be really he would. Good. He'd, he'd be good. really good. He's, he's really good right now. His skill set is that of that. So if he was that size, it's like like what if Draymond was seven feet tall? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be wild. Uh, second part of the question, switch Bobby and Bryn's heights. Who's the better player of the two now? I think they both suck, honestly. Yeah, I think they're both, they're both pretty bad. I, I, honestly, though, you know what's funny? I still think Bobby would be better. No, not a chance. Yeah, no. Well, I don't know. Like, actually, n- neither. They wouldn't be good in the regular season. Bryn would just be Davis Bertans. Yeah, and, and just Bob- miss him. Bobby would. Yeah, that's he would be. Davis oh yeah, Bertans. I guess Davis Bertans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Bobby would be like a terrible Russell Westbrook. I don't know. I don't. know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that hypothetical at all. Uh, that made me squirm a little bit. So that's a good question. Um, but the Pat one had me excited. Yeah, no, the Pat one's good. I mean, you you somehow that's a it's a good question. The second part because you somehow managed to take Bobby, who's good right now, make him bad, and keep Bryn bad at the same time. Because <laughs> we like, just that's don't impressive. Buy, we don't buy that it would help him. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It, it it wouldn't help his game whatsoever. It, it would hurt his game even more. I feel like because he'd be less mobile. He should be. He people would like an optimist would look at this and go, he could now be Michael Porter Jr. In reality, he would be Davis Bertans. Might be worse than Bertans. I don't know. Huh, I don't know. 
Maybe. Like, would Forbes – no, because, he like, even when he drives, he doesn't, like, drive all the way. Like, he stops and takes a one-legged – yeah, no, he'd be – okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Well, thanks for that. Pals, really, I'm, I feel like I'm going to be up at night thinking about this Bobby Brain <laughs> size swap thing. I hope it never happens. Um, but let's go to let's go to Twitter. Uh, going to chronological oldest to newest here. So... Cameron Rolf at Cam Rolf wants to know, does Chris deserve any attention for finals MVP? I personally think no, but this seems to be a hot button around here. You know, I think this is interesting. I think there's a case. I do think like it's, it's like being reacted to very violently from a lot of Bucks fans just because of this past year, all the Batman Robin stuff and everything else. But like, I think I saw a stat today. Chris has scored more clutch points than like the next couple players on either team combined. Like he's been excellent. There's a case if you want to build that case. Like all the game winning like points that he's put up, the baskets that they needed, and it felt like no one else can deliver. But it's not a good enough case where he should get any votes because Giannis has been clearly better. And if you want to talk about clutch plays, like the sun block, the value, like Giannis has been the best player in the series by far, thankfully seems to be on track to be on the winning team. So I, I guess deserve any attention, like think about it for a minute and then go, uh, but no. I don't even know. You have to think about it. Chris has been outstanding. That's really at times. Like, I, my at answer times. is that because, yeah, it's exactly. He hasn't been consistently great. Again, look at game two of the series. Yeah. He was awful. Yeah, Giannis' awful. awful games are, like, as good as anyone else on the team has been at any point in the series. 
Giannis has been far and away the best player on this team and in this series, just overall for both teams. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's an it's easy, very, it's, very it's, easy. It's, it's very easy. It'll be unanimous only, and it should be. The only reason I, uh, I don't know if it will be. The only reason I even made the case at first, just to give credit to how great Chris has been these last couple of games, but for sure, I, I would, it's no real consideration of voting for him. If I, for some reason had a vote, like no, for sure. He's, he, he's been great. He's been outstanding. The Bucks wouldn't be in this position without Chris. Yeah. This is finals MVP. Well, said. as of now, well said. Yeah. Well, I saw, I think it was uh, Fast Break Breakfast. How many points would Jay Crowder need to score in Game 7 to win Finals MVP? 90? And that, it was, that, that wasn't a question asked to us. I just saw that on Twitter. I would say, can you imagine? But I actually could imagine that, the way Jay Crowder plays against the Bucks. Oh, yeah. I, I would count on it, actually. <laughs> <I would. laughs> I'd be surprised if he didn't go out there and put up 50. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was a great question. Uh, next question is from Smothy King at MKE Miguel with an E or with a three instead of an E, I should say that. Uh, hypothetical, of course, would you rather have the existing lineup as is or combine Chris and Giannis into one person with all their best attributes, but Michael Carter Williams takes the open spot as a starter? <laughs> so this is interesting on multiple accounts. One, uh, well, great, great question. Great, great hypothetical. I think it's, it's easy. I think it's easy, but great question. Yes. I, let me play devil's advocate because I'm, I'm going to assume we're both saying keep it as is. Yes. Chris and Giannis in one person would be far and away the greatest player of all time. Yeah. All their best attributes easily. Easily. Easily the greatest player of all time. I guess it depends on how many minutes you'd have to play MCW. Yeah, take him as like a the Thon Maker Memorial starting spot yeah. or something. <laughs> and I guess MCD, he's not that bad anymore. He's not great. Yeah, it's not great. Would you take MCW over Jeff Teague? That's no. a fun question. No, no, I wouldn't. It's not that fun. No, I wouldn't. Um, I, I think if you can play MCW like two minutes – then it's probably is worth it because you're right. Like there, I do think there's sometimes diminishing returns if you combine guys because like he's gonna get double and triple teamed and then like you lose the ability to run like the play, not the not excuse me, not the play, the Christianis pick and roll, which I used to refer to as the play, which is now very conflicting for me. Um, but that player would be so good that I think you play MCW very briefly and then you just play. Like that player plays like, I mean, if all of both players' best attributes means that they can play like 47 minutes because Chris is a workhorse, uh, yeah, I just think that player would dominate to such an extent. It would be ridiculous. So, But we would also only have one player to root for. And and you're so thin then too. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can't have the fun Chris Giannis dynamic anymore. Yeah, I, I do. You miss, you lose your best go-to play. I mean, it's probably become is Drew rolling with that player? Wow, that player could roll or pop and be almost equally devastating. See, the thing is, like that player would not need any sort of action whatsoever. Oh, they would get doubled for sure. There's no choice. Sure, they'd shoot over him. They're seven feet with Chris's pull up like game. That. I don't know. Well, they're Kevin Durant, but Giannis KD also didn't win like that. It's true. I think I'd take the team like it is. KD didn't win like that. so They almost did. <laughs> they um, Sure, almost did. But K- 
KD had this close. Real, <laughs> KD ninja. also had real Kyrie for a couple of those games. So sure. I mean, if if Drew shows up as Kyrie again, then you're gonna win for sure. But it's a lot of pressure, and they're gonna work to and and yeah. both. Our answer is no. I don't know why I'm doing yeah. this. <laughs> and, and both players are, are a little too selfless, I think. So, yeah, no. uh, maybe not. He's gotten better. I, I think he would take over if shots weren't falling. But it's a fun hypothetical. Though. It's a good hypothetical. But if you have to play MCW like 38 minutes, then no. Because whoever's like they're just going to ignore MCW. We've seen that movie before. Yeah, you're right. So the answer is no. The answer him. is no. Uh, James Procknow at Procknow Ja. Um, or I think yeah. J A. I'd assume. Yes. Yes. Uh, if each team got to just one former player, think Dirk slash Wade All Star Special Editions. Who do you ask to dress? Go ahead. Um, I'm just trying to think. Is it? I assume you're not going to go with someone old, right? Like you want someone who can still play. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's just a memorial. They they have a chance to be on a finals team slash get a ring. Sort of oh, thing. is it? I thought it was like actually. It's oh, like Dirk Wade Alster. He does say dress. I mean, those guys played yeah. in the game, I think. But, but first, they shouldn't be playing. At first like, I was like, well. Give me Brogdon and like let's just let's run rough shot. I mean, throw Malcolm Brogdon back in that two guard spot and and we got something. Tobias going. Harris. Tobias would be fun. Yeah, throw Tobias in for PJ and and yeah, there's some good options out there. Christian Wood. Yeah, so that's if you a, want a, a stretchy big guy. For the Suns, uh, who would the Suns take? If it's like former player that they just want to get a ring, probably Barkley. Or Nash? Yeah, either one. Either one, really. Nash has a good chance of getting a ring in the near future, though. So maybe Barkley. Yeah, I, I, th- I think they'd probably do Barkley. Um, if it's what if it? Well, let's look. Let's answer it this way. Let's say someone important to this core ish of the team. Who's? I don't know. I, we don't have to dive deep on the Suns because I don't know. But for the Bucks. God, I don't know who they would. Damien Inglis. <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea. Honestly, I would probably pick if they don't have to. No, they even if they had to play, I would take. I would take Eric Bledsoe. Oh, that's pretty good. It could be Eric Bledsoe. Both teams could take blood. I was thinking Urson. He's been with the Bucks like four yeah. different times. That's true. <laughs> got years in, but if it's anyone from history. Probably Marcus. Just what he what he means to the franchise now. Yeah, either him or OJ Mayo. They have the same importance. That's a joke, everyone. That is a joke. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. Um, and there's so many there's so many guys you could pick, but if it's someone who is actually going to play, it's got to be Brogdon or uh, Tobias. Yeah, Brogdon. I'd I'd honestly say Bledsoe because we we're we're so mean to him. <laughs> That's yeah. And you know what? You know what? You won me over. You're right. We're way too mean for to him for how legitimately good of a dude he is. But yes, just and how much he actually good. provided to this team. Yeah, at least in the regular season, he's a borderline all star for all his time in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. All defensive I think, I think, teams. I think Bled is a pretty obvious answer. If he could get a ring with this team, that would be incredible. Do you consider like George Hill, Greg Monroe, someone like that? I suppose. 
Maybe Greg Monroe. Yeah, he was the ended a little. He's the he was the biggest free agent signing in Bucks history before Brook Lopez. Yeah, gr- great friend of uh, Chris Miller. Miles Plumley, strip club legend. A lot to think. I about. was going to go unicycle legend, but strip club legend. He's a works. legend for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, I think Bledsoe is is a good answer. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but great question though, and for the Suns, yeah, just someone who deserves it, like Eddie Johnson, someone like that is the current. Uh, Color commentary for the uh, Suns broadcast team. Great player, great teams he was on. Yeah, didn't they? Didn't you know they didn't get it done? Obviously, so maybe someone like that. Uh, but the next question from KGB at KJBD11: What can the Bucks do to keep the Suns from moving the ball and getting the contributions from role players they got in the first two games? Um, well, they've done that and it's put drew holiday uh make make chris paul in prison i i know how to english sometimes uh, and just helping less i think and and you know just not worrying about rotating as much they're just what we said after game one is you need to trust the guys and they're trusting the guys and they're getting it done enough to win so yeah i think what they've been doing i don't think we're gonna see a big you know switch at least not a preemptive one from the bucks because they have no reason to. You know, you have the lead. Just keep doing what you're doing unless Phoenix makes you change how you're operating somehow. And I'm not outside of just saying CP play better. I just think it's going to be tough to do that. But and even if he does, I still think like it kind like the strategy kind of holds up. I mean, it's, it's obviously harder to win, but I don't know. Uh, I think uh, I think they've got a good strategy. Uh, another question from KGB. Should the Bucks go to Holiday on Booker earlier in the game, or is it more important for them to use Drew to get CP3 off balance early and move him to Booker if necessary? I, I think we we covered it earlier. We covered it's, that. It's that one. But again, I do agree. Like fourth quarter, things are heating up. All of a sudden, it becomes more about each individual possession than the aggregate of the game. That's when, and the Bucks have done this, like, all right, CP might cook a little bit, but we're going to try and slow down Booker here because he's just been way too good. But, I mean, what the funny thing is about the value, the Bucks value, like Drew made the play off ball. So even if he's not covering Booker, he's still going to be around and, and doing stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think I think they keep doing what they're doing. I, again, no reason to to change up right now, at least defensively. Uh, yes, uh, I agree. Uh, next question is from Jake. Yep. Uh, <laughs> how underpaid is Pat C? Incredibly underpaid. What yeah. is he making? Five mil? I think it's average less than five a year now. Is it like four yeah. and a half? Yeah. Something like that. I think a good range for him at this moment is probably based on what we've seen is like in the eight to 11 range would be fair market. Maybe even more than that. I mean, role players who win a championship and are super. I mean, look at what KCP makes. I think KCP is better, but I, there's. I think there would be money out there for Pat if he was happening to to hit free agency, like right after this. Like, it's KCP might be a different story, though. <laughs> yeah, KCP is a different. Uh, Adele's boyfriend is involved there. <laughs> yeah, Pat is. No, he's averaging over five. Oh, is it five point three? Uh, Wait, what season is this? This is 2021. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, right now he's making 4.9. 
Oh, okay. uh, next season, it's uh, 5.3. And then he has a player option for 5.7 in 22-23. What's funny is that's gone from, oh, obviously he's going to take that to, he probably wants obviously to gonna he's turn gonna, that he down. might decline it right now, this second. Yeah, he might. He's drastically outplayed that contract. And it's not a question, realistically. I think you said, what, like eight or nine? That might be a little low. It I'd say like, low. I'd say 12 to 15. It's one for the series. production that he's giving. Yeah, twelve yeah. to fifteen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I could, someone might do it. I don't know if I would do that based on it's one playoff run, a great playoff run, but one playoff run. But I mean, good sixth man money for what he's given the Bucks in this playoff run is not a ridiculous thing. But then again, like Lou Will gets nine million. Lou Will's never gotten an eight figure contract, so. I think eight to nine annually would make sense. Yeah, but they'll if if we're saying like what he's going to get, let's say he resigns with the Bucks in the summer of twenty two, uh, the Bucks are going to give him more money than it, and probably any other team is going to give him as sort of like a oh this is making up for your previous contract. They've done that before with like Brooke Lopez. So yeah, I mean it's if all goes right, they'll be doing the same thing with Bobby Portis around the same time. Yep. Yep. That's, and that's a fine way to do business when hopefully he's still his own height. Yeah. He's still, he's still what his own height and not Bryn Forbes height. That's what I thought you said. The question didn't click for me for a minute there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that maybe not that contract then if he ends up as Forbes height um, from Cody at Erickson underscore Cody. What do you think of the current defensive coverage on Booker? Should Bud start with Drew on Booker in game six or let him continue to limit CP3 in his playmaking? The second one, limit CP3 in his playmaking. At this point, I almost Booker's one of those guys like cross your fingers and hope he's not entirely on. Like the kind of shots he can make, I'm, he's going to make over anyone. Um, next one. This is a, this is, I don't know if it's purposeful or not. But this is an allusion to one of your takes, Rohan, from Clayton at C Keller one four one. Am I wrong for thinking Chris is better than Paul George? If Giannis wins a chip at twenty six, is he already a top twenty player all time? Suggestions aside from Deer District to watch Game Six in MKE. So a uh, big part question. Uh, so you you said you said it was an illusion uh, for people who don't understand. Uh, earlier in the season, what was it January, late December, something like that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was January because the season I, started in late I December. Don't, yeah, I don't remember times of this like the months of the season because they're all so weird. Yeah, but I think it was January. Uh, Chris was doing really well. I said he's better than Prime Paul George. Uh, that take is honestly aged pretty well. It's aged well. It's aged about as well as it could. I still think Prime PG is a bit better. Paul George is really good. Yeah. Are we, is really Prime Paul George is. OKC Paul George? I think it's probably him right now, to be honest with you. That's true. That's true. I think he's been like really good the last couple of years. I mean, he had the playoff failure last year, but like this year. This he year awesome. he made up. He was, he awesome was, he was incredible. This year. Yeah. Uh, and he's, but at the time I was doing that, that playoff run hadn't happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I guess on the Chris side, it aged well after aging very poorly immediately. On the PG side, though, it's a little tougher. I, I just think there shouldn't be shame in this. But I think Paul George is better than Chris. Chris is still great. Chris, Chris rocks. 
It, Paul George is really good, though. Um, if Giannis went to trip at 26, is he already a top 20 player of all time? Maybe? I think he is. I mean... MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Bird, Magic. What is that, five or six? Six. Uh, and then from there, it's like Duncan, Roberts, Robinson. Um, I'm sure I'm going to forget, guys. So I'm, someone's going to be disrespected. Mikhail? Okay. I'm in front of Mikhail, then I think – then I think the answer is yes. If we're at, at Michaela, <laughs> I was no, I'm kidding. Um, um, I don't know, like James Worthy, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, the older one. Um, maybe. I think is see. What was that stat you were sharing with us earlier? Oh, wow, I, I was gonna save it for if it actually if the Bucks win. Okay, okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. I didn't say okay. anything about it. Okay. okay. I think top 20 all time, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of tough without knowing who the top 20 of all oh, time are. Oh, we didn't are. say Kobe. Kobe is above. Yeah, obviously. Kobe yeah. is above, yeah. Um, I think I, he has I, I a comparable no. resin. Hakeem? Yeah, I think no because there's so many active guys like Steph, KD. Like what's the argument for him over Steph all time? I think there's an argument. Same, same amount of MVP, Steph would have triple the rings. It's tough. I mean, they, well, a lot of guys have great resumes. That's why no one is usually top I think, 20. I think there's an argument. Oh, we're not going to do this. Triple right the rings, sure. Uh, two of them were with KD. Oh, that's fine. Also, KD exists, and I think KD has a better argument than Steph. Yes. No, that's fine. I'm not so, disagreeing with that. I'm so, saying Giannis versus Steph. Beside the point, though. Maybe is and, we, and where and where is Steph right now on the thing? This is off season, Todd. Yeah, it's, I, I would have to dive in a lot deeper. I think I, I'm actually I'm just gonna say no, but clearly on a trajectory. Yeah, he's on pace to definitely be in there. Like where, wherever Dirk and KG are right now, he would be just behind those guys or close to those guys. Behind? It depends. It depends how you look at counting stats versus peak. A lot of people like counting stats and like the gaudy, you know, 11 times all NBA or whatever numbers when, when you count. That's true. But that's like, that's, he's going to get those. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, you just have to do it. That's why it's all time. I mean, if you haven't done it yet, you haven't done it. I mean, there's already like what a five time all-star four time all NBA. I think so. I mean, two MVPs, one. No, he's been, no, he's been all NBA every single season. He's been an all-star. Yeah. Uh, I think so, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Star. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I it's, think, it's, it's all time for a reason. I just – I don't feel a need to dig in and see where he's at every so often. I'm more interested in the Buck stuff because it's much simpler. So right now, Giannis, five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive Team, All-Rookie Team, whatever, All-Star Game MVP, two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player. You know that rookie class sucked because then he made All-Rookie. Yes. He wasn't that good as a rookie. Like, what an that's uninspiring. Not, that's the Anthony class. Bennett year. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a terrible rookie class. Uh, I don't know. CJ was in there. Uh, obviously, Gobert was in there. MCW, um, rookie of the year. Yeah. God, that's still depressing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to say no on top 20, but probably pretty close. 
See, yeah, the he's definitely. The I don't care to argue about this. Is like he's on top three trajectory. So let's worry about that when we're there instead of like trying to figure out where he is at twenty six. Oh, that's, that's a casual deal. drop. That's my deal. Well, that's a I casual mean, drop. Look at the ages of the guys. You, the you're not right wrong. You're not wrong. This. I mean, it's just where we're at. Um, I'll let you handle the last one. Aside of Deer District, where to watch Game Six and MKE? Well, I mean, if you want to go to a bar, there's a ton of bars in the area you could just go to. Um, they were all packed on Saturday, but again, F, yeah. it was. A, I think Saturday. it's going to be more packed. I don't think anyone cares. It's, it's a Tuesday. Tuesday night. I don't think anyone cares. It's a Tuesday. I guess it's a clinching. The cheapest ticket was sixteen hundred dollars. It's a clinching game in the finals. I think everything is going to be stupidly. That's packed. true. That's true. Everything's going to be different. packed. Milwaukee's going to shut down if they do it on Tuesday. So if you're going to go downtown, early. you have to go there early. extremely early. It, whether it's hours in advance. or a bar, you're going to have to be early. Yes. I heard some of the, the lines be- to get into bars were just insane. I heard some of them were being sus too with like covers and stuff. I wouldn't pay a cover. Nope. Go somewhere else. Unless First, my, you really my want opinion, to. My opinion, yeah. find somewhere you else. You do you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do whatever you want, but... But yeah, I mean, just you can go. There's a ton of places you can go. There's not like going to be anywhere with like as massive screens or anything like outside, aside from the Deer District. I think the company is the most important. That's why the Deer District is cool because they're also passionate and and crazy. But I mean, if meet up with your buddies at a random bar, if it's in a suburb, it's still going to be awesome. It's still game six. Yeah. And I think there's going to be passionate Bucks fans. Basically, anywhere with alcohol and TV screens. You're probably going to find some, so yes, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, just make sure you get there early. That's yeah, my advice. Yes. yes. Um, where are we at questions? Uh, this one is our next one is from QB at Win Boers B O O R Z. After this game, I couldn't help but thinking that Richard Jefferson's take about Giannis going off in Game Three was actually even more true for Book only shooting contested twos after a bunch of dribbling. Do you agree? No. Uh, the difference between those two performances, even though just on their face, they're, you would think, oh, they're comparable performances. One player put up 40 and there's teams still lost. Phoenix, the rest of Phoenix's team, like you mentioned, was shooting insanely well. Insanely well. The Bucks were awful. No one outside of Giannis could do Giannis and Pat were the only ones who could hit a shot. So they're not comparable because Giannis didn't have any other option. Booker did. No, I disagree. I disagree with that take, honestly. I, I think Richard Jefferson was wrong, and I think you're. Uh, they won Booker's minutes convincingly in Game Five. No, you're right. Like, like it's. Well, I, it's. I don't know what people want him to do. It's. I don't know. I think I, he was yeah. great. The team let him down. I think that's what happened. Like, there's not. There's not much else for him to do. And I think the same was true for Giannis. Like, I watched both games. I didn't see guys unnecessarily hogging the ball in either game. Booker was closer. But again, like, how much more can you ask than a 40-burger? They win his minutes by seven points or whatever. Like, you know, maybe don't completely fall apart whenever he's off the floor. Like, it's just – I think it's a bit much. I think the Booker criticism is honestly a bit much. And I get that that's the opponent. And listen, I will say I've gained so much more respect for his ability level the chirping to the officials is so goddamn annoying. I, I can't get over. He was calling for basket interference. 
on whatever one of the the one of the it might have been the oop like really get a life like come on like it's ridiculous but, especially after you know you should have fouled out three times in game yeah, four it's it's game just, three it's, whatever it's, it was it's, it's obnoxious it's obsessed it's excessive it's just it's every possess even when he's going back on defense he's talking to the refs even during timeouts he's talking to the refs like i don't know how he got hasn't gotten actually i do know how he hasn't gotten a technical it's the same reason he stayed in game four we'll see it we'll see if we get scotty f for game six then maybe oh are those out no i don't think i think it's always day of Um, Ah, but no i i disagree with uh yeah you can yeah you're right I mean, again, it's like I know single game plus minus is what it is, but like still, I mean, they were they were better than the Bucks when he played. I don't know how much more you can ask a book than that. Like, uh, I, I just think the Bucks are, are giving him those shots, and that I, I I don't know. Maybe he could try to find Aiton more. Maybe I, I don't think he was perfect, but I don't think he was detrimental to the team. Um, Tanner Opichka at Cowboy of Space. So is it fair to assume Drew and Chris will miss the parade? I don't think so. I think they figure it. They out. can't. They can't have a parade yeah, without Drew point? and Chris. Yeah, if, there's no point. The point. It'd be stupid to have it. So, I think they either need to rush the parade. Which, if, if, by the way, yeah, if, 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 if. Um, I think they'll either need to rush the parade, which we're trying to figure out how to be there and and record from there. So, if if anyone hears any parade talk, please let us know. But I think I feel like the team wouldn't plan it until they, or at least release it. I'm sure they're planning. I'm sure they wouldn't release the details officially. I don't think you can release the details before you do it. Like that's a pretty terrible look. So I would hope they rush it. They figure out a way to have it before. I just think that you have to, I think those guys have to be there. Otherwise, do you wait till after the Olympics? That's your only option. I think that's a better, that's a better option than doing it without those guys. I know the Olympics are pretty condensed this year. It would still be weird and I wouldn't like it. They end on August 8th. It's not that long. It's less than a month. I would much rather do that than have those guys miss the parade. Especially yeah. Drew for sure, but especially Chris. For how long he's been here, how great he's been in this run when they've needed him the most. If Chris and Drew aren't there, don't don't wait on the parade. August the 8th is three weeks from today, Sunday, as we're recording this. So yeah. So it's not if that you have to wait. If you have to wait three weeks to do it, that's fine. You ha- They have to be there. So I, if the Bucks do it, I hope – Honestly, if you're listening to this, and at any point the Bucks release that they're going to do a parade without Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, like send letters, send emails, send tweets, say you won't go to it unless they like those guys need to be there. I feel very strongly about this. I would not go if Chris and Drew weren't going to be there. Completely agree. You have to have those two there. They've been absolutely incredible. They deserve that. It's it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, next question from Ella at. C L B R eight or celebrate. Uh, oh, I should have. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd assume that's what it is. Uh, I'm oversimplifying, but according to shot quality, when Booker isn't facilitating, the probability of Suns winning is very low. How do we exploit that? And do we survive another 40 point night from him? Huh? Yeah, that's a, that's a loaded part, yeah. question because it gets into the debate that's ongoing about uh, whether Booker is the it's it's a winning formula. Again, we're we agree it's kind of it's not a it's, winning formula. It's yeah. for sure not a win. But the issue is like again, is that on him or is that on what the Bucks are doing defensively and what the rest of the Suns aren't doing? Namely, like you can't you can't make him force a pass just to pass. No, you, you, what passing to contested guys? 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you can't, like, what do you, if there's what do you no passing lanes available, yeah. what is I he mean, supposed to do? If you're not leaving the shooters, yeah, it's like what it's, it, you can run a pick and roll and pass to Aiton. I guess he could pass to Aiton a thousand times, but otherwise, there's not, you can, not you can lob problems. an entry pass in there as many times as you want. <laughs> and, and if you want to talk about math, like, if you're, if the Bucks are switching, and I think this is a big part of the reason also that PJ is always starting on book. Okay, you want to run a book, Aiton pick and roll. So then you end up with Aiton posting up PJ Tucker a bunch. Is that much better offense than what Booker's doing? I doubt it. I've never seen Aiton put up forty. So it's just like it, like they don't have great answers, and it it comes down to CP. And I think this is like if CP just gets annihilated by Drew and is not able to create, you know, off off at all, really. And I mean, I know the stats look fine in Game Five. I said it on the post game. He wasn't good in that game. He had a good fourth quarter is non-existent for the rest of the game. There's only so many things you can do. And I think he's doing the books, doing the best one. I just think it's like, it's not going to work. It's, it is, it's not good math. So the bucks would survive. It's, it's, it's what the bucks want to happen. Really. Like if you think about game five, the real story of game five, even with CP coming alive late and even with the Suns. Like they're just—they're not going to shoot as many threes because they're just not there. The way the Bucks are playing—that's the—that's why Book is scoring. They've forward. taken away the corners, which is yes. why. And even they've—I don't think I've made this point on the pod before, but I think I want to bring it up. The Bucks have really shifted Milwaukee's or excuse me, Phoenix's offense because they have no other choice. Phoenix yes. likes to shoot a lot of corner threes. What happens if you miss the shot? Then you have two guys back in transition, and that's it. They're forcing Phoenix to go up onto the wings for their shots, for their threes, because otherwise they're just going to get killed in transition. And also they're just, they're not leaving shooters as much. So even if, if you're in the corner, it's fine if you're not open. No, like Phoenix isn't even having guys in the corner anymore. Yeah. I mean, there have, there's some, there's less, less. I yes. The, the frequency is yeah. insanely reduced because that's the only thing they can do to limit Milwaukee's transition attack. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, if you're getting wide open shots, you can live with that more. Because your percentage of them going in, maybe it's worth it. But with the way Milwaukee's not letting Phoenix shoot threes, but but I think like game five, like there's less threes there. Phoenix made nearly 70% of them while Booker scored 40, while CP had a perfect fourth quarter and ends with 21 and 11, and they still lost. So of course he can go for 40 again. Like let the variants tilt the other way, let them shoot 35% on okay looks from deep and a couple good ones sprinkled in. And that game is a comfortable Bucks win. Comfortable. Like, if they make, what would it be, like 12 or 10 instead of 17? I mean, you're talking about a lot of points. Like, that's 21 to 15 points gone from Phoenix just like that. And, like, yeah, you can absolutely live with that. So you, you keep doing what you're doing. And you if Drew can keep doing what he's doing to CP, I don't think there's a realistic path to the Phoenix winning on the road. And that's why that's why it feels so good about the series. Like, the Bucks are a different team, sure, everything else, but like what we've seen in this series, it's just so hard for the Suns to win in the corner that Bud and the Bucks had painted them into. Yeah, well put. Um, Hindustan at Hindust 11-900-842. Which former Bucks player do you miss in this finals? So I guess sort of similar to the bled question, but this one feels more on court, maybe? Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, it's just tough because, like, again, we talked about the two guys, but 
you don't miss them because there's no way they'd still be here. Yeah. I guess. I mean, honestly, like, I think Adam, we talked about this with him at one point on some pod, like, Jet, Jason Terry would have been, like, a really good one to have. Um, anyone, like, anyone Dante size, like, they just, they need a two-way guard. So, um, Brog, that's why Brogdon first came to mind. I don't think he's an ideal, like, I think he's a good but not ideal for the role that they need guard. But, like, someone who can guard, like, ones and twos and hit threes, like, anyone like that, really? So, Brogdon? Yeah. But I said I think, Jack because I didn't want to just keep saying Brogdon. But I think I think that's the obvious answer, realistically. Yeah. Again, it hurts because of circumstances. Again, Dante's injury. If Dante wasn't injured, that would be not really a problem. I mean, I, yeah, uh, I mean, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The three point yeah. shooting might be out. It's, uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're here. They're they're up three two in the finals. It's like we're we're done <laughs> with yeah, that I mean, discussion. It's funny the way we've evolved on how we look at Giannis at this point, like you really can't say a center. No, you can't. There's no, I mean, even prime Bogan would be like, all right, great. I don't think it's going to help all that much. So I guess like maybe Covington. Oh God. I forgot Covington was at one point a buck. He was. I forgot this was former Bucks. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> I, for, I forgot this was former Bucks for a second. You gaslit me. I don't think that's the right term, but I was like, oh, was he like a rookie year for like two games? What? <laughs> my, my, my apology. You forgot he was on the Bucks because he wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, I just realized I skipped around in questions too. So, but yeah, nah, uh, you're up. Uh, this is from oh, Sam. Actually, I guess our answer was nobody that much. Yes. Like, they're pretty well off. <laughs> they're, they're a really good team. Yeah. Again, they're one win away from the title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is from Sam, uh, in parentheses, hashtag firebutt, at might SP. Have, might have to take that out of there now. Yeah, I might have. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, I guess. Do you think taking Brooke out at the end of the game of game five was a mistake? Phoenix really seemed to be able to cut into the lead once he went out. Do you think he will play more minutes in game six? And then you responded with a follow-up. What can he do to earn more minutes in game six? I don't think he needs to, he, he can't really do anything to earn more minutes at this point, aside from shooting. Yeah. I mean, if he makes like five threes, he'd probably play more. Um, I don't think it was a mistake. It really wasn't. The Bucks just faltered at the end. Yeah, I mean, they ran out of, and it, like, I didn't think Brooks' absence was the reason that Phoenix was scoring. Like, if Aiton had ran off 10 points on pick and rolls, then maybe you could say that, but like. That was Devin Booker making insane shots after yeah, insane I mean, shots. And, and, and Chris and CP, Paul making good CP insane making shots. Some threes. Yeah. So it's like, what is what is Lopez going to do about a CP3? I mean, there's, there's not much benefit there. So, no, I think switching has been worked better against Phoenix than anything. And you're best at switching without Lopez. And Giannis is like prime, like Giannis at the five in this series is such a cheat code that it sucks for Brooke. I feel for him. We've all flipped. I think you were the first two, like Adam and I, for a long time. We're like, you just have to play Brooke. He's too good. Turns out you don't. And this is a series where I think they they have a slightly higher ceiling without him, and and the Bucks are playing the odds, and it's hard to be too mad at it. With yeah, it's it's not Brooks not providing negative value. No, it's just not he's a good fit. Yeah, yes, 
you can do better. And in this stage, you have to be at your absolute best. It, 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 it is what it is in that sense. Yeah, I mean, the, not switching, the switching has just been so good against the Suns. And, and he can do it a bit. And I think maybe we'll see him switch out on the guys in game five, uh, six. The Bucks have kind of gone away from that. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't think it's a mistake. I think I think they, they have the best chance of winning. It feels like feels like rebounding has been less of an issue without him, too. I just think, like, the Bucks are they're, – they're just taking it upon themselves to get those balls. And that's something we talked about, like, between Giannis, Chris, PJ, and Pat, and Drew, they should be able to rebound better than they have. And I think we've seen them step it up there. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's many – I don't think there's many ways he could play more minutes unless he's just, like, I mean, obscenely good on offense. Because I think defensively – I just think we know what we're going to get. It, you know why it's a bad series for him defensively? Phoenix doesn't really go to the rim. No. It's that simple. I mean, they don't try to do it that often. The Bucks have done a great job taking it away, and Lopez has played a role in that. But, like, I mean, all their shots are jumpers. So, like, what what is Brooke accomplishing on defense most of the time? Like, there's just not that much for him to do. And I think that that's what it comes down to. Yeah, a uh, friend of the pod, Jackson Frank, uh, earlier tweeted out uh, the rim frequency numbers for Phoenix in these games. Another game really one, bad. 29%. Game two, 20%. Game three, 21%. Game four, 18%. And game five, 32%. Oh, wow. It's still like 32% of your shots are at the rim. Yeah, it's still low. I mean, the bucks are much higher, but um, yeah, it did go up a little bit. That's funny, didn't Lopez play a little more in game five than in game four, I feel like. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's an interesting dynamic that I feel is a little, it's flying a little under the radar because, again, the story has been Devin Booker, Giannis, and Chris. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, like we mentioned this on the postgame pod, DeAndre Ayton at 20 and 10, and it wasn't really, like, it didn't feel like a factor. Yeah. It's just like, for Phoenix, the rim efficiency, it's its just not there. It's not their game plan. It's not their mode of attack. Like, it's not their modus operandi. Like, that's not just, that's not how they operate. So it does, yeah. it's, even though it is a factor, it's just, it's not what Phoenix is going to do. Their, bless, their best players are Chris Paul and Devin Booker at the end of the day. They're not going to get to the rim a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, they go like they're going to get to the rim, and then it's like a, huge step back on the baseline like cps on Giannis. like well the bucks are just going to swallow them well yeah if they actually did yeah exactly i mean books got into the rim here and there i'll say but it's just not what they prefer to do um so yeah uh ella at celebrate another question also am i allowed to feel confident ahead of game six this team has earned it we had this discussion in the post game pod rohan wasn't ready adam and i are there like yes yes they have earned it They've flipped the whole Bucks since the 80s, basically, or at least the, you know, you know 01. Uh, they flipped the whole thing on its head and said, yeah, you can be confident in us. You have no reason not to. I mean, you know, your lifetime of Bucks fandom is the reason. But there's no evidence from this run. There's no reason there not to be confident. You know what? I'm not there yet, but I will encourage people to do it. <laughs> uh, do as I say, not as I do. That's the yeah, saying, right? That's a thing. Uh, I'm saying enjoy the moment because you can. It's uh, this this team hasn't been in this spot in 50 years. A lot of people, a lot of fans have never experienced this. Be confident. When you don't know when you're ever going to feel this confident about this team again, ever. Again, exactly. this is the mountaintop. 
This that, is a that's, rare occurrence. That's my real thing. You, like, they might they might never get back here again. Yeah, just why not? What what's the worst that's gonna happen? Heartbreak. You're gonna be, but that's gonna happen either way. Wait, what? Like I'm saying, and be confident. If you're not confident and they lose, you're still gonna feel bad. It's true. It's a win-win. Go in confident. You're right. Again, do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Uh, we got one last two-part question in the Discord. This is again, you get in the Discord, send in your rating and review on Apple, screenshotted. You get it right on the pod. A and B, you get in the Discord, and we'll circle back. So, got a plan, Stan? Question. Actually, it's two questions. We'll do one at a time. What kind of changes, if any, are you guys interested in ho- seeing Horst make in the off season? Very little changes. Very little changes. I mean, uh, probably guard depth. Yeah, so guard you, depth is. You replace one. Bryn with someone else. Uh, uh, you, I might mean, not, like, you might not have an option to replace Bryn. Bryn might just be there if he opts. That's in. true. That's true. What's his, <laughs> his opt-in? No, I think it's 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 like a minimum. It's like two mil, right? Yeah, it's very small. I think he probably opts out anyway. Um, sell some team on the Miami series. Oh no, he took what he take part of MLE. It's it's very small. I'm I'm finding it as we speak. Um, it's two and a half mil, yeah, under two probably, and a half. He mil. probably opts out anyway. Um, but it, it's a, it's actual. It was a one year deal, so he could get a ring. Yeah. Um, or try to get a ring the real question is seeing what you see in this series like do you try to move from brook and become more Giannis at the center focused i don't think you do it you can't you can't brook's been too important again if you're a small market team like milwaukee and again at the end of the day this is still a small market team yep you can't you can't get rid of brook lopez I mean, one again, he's been valuable to this team. Man put up 33 points in the conference finals yeah, in a game without Yavis. The block on KD in, in the Nets series. I, I agree. I think yeah. he's, I think he just, like this, this final series hasn't been incredible for him, but he's had incredible moments this playoff run, like literally three weeks ago or less. I don't know. When I was think, the conference finals? Was that two weeks ago? It was July, right before July 4th. So yeah, it was about two weeks ago. Sure. Like he was, that's when he was having big moments two weeks ago. You're fine. You're fine with the changes you make is you slowly move toward him being less important, like on the roster, but I don't think you get rid of him. So it's like, basically you need another playable guard and you figure out the Dante situation. It's Dante's gone. Probably. Well, he has another, does he have another year? He has another year. Does he not? I thought he had another year. Or is he is he hitting restricted free agency? He is, um, I believe, restricted. Oh, well, then he's probably gone. I thought he had one more year still. Um, but no, wait, no. Uh, am I reading this right? I don't know. No, he does have one more year. Yeah, he has one more. So I, he might be gone. It's I'd have to trade him though. So we'll see on that. But um, you need to add more guard depth and, and two way guards, and then. Like more Portis type dudes. Keep Portis would be nice, but like more guys to enable you to play Giannis the five easier. Pat becoming a dude helps with that. I will say. No. Also, they're getting Oladipo somehow. <laughs> um, could do worse to uh, to bring in a, a vet than Oladipo. Is he a vet? Yeah, he's a vet. I mean, like you're right. He's a veteran player. Like he's been in the league for a while. Does he count as a vet though? Maybe I mean uh, you could do worse to bring in someone at an affordable rate than Oladipo. How old is Victor Oladipo? Is he like thirty? Like he was the same draft as Giannis. Oh yeah, but a lot of guys were who are like 
ancient looking now. He's 29? I'm saying, I mean... I swear he was like 27. No, yeah, he's uh, he's getting up there, man. <laughs> Rohan shook by <laughs> Maybe he is a vet. Um, bringing in Oladipo I think would be awesome. He hasn't been great, but like you're bringing him in. The Bucks, the contracts they have to use are so small. I still... My wildest dream is vet man. If you bring in Victor Oladipo on vet men, like that's Gallo. like that's next for level. Nets level. Gallo is not happening for a while, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the the changes made is just like try to find more depth. They're gonna have to keep doing that the way they've been doing that, which is like Giannis favors. Honestly, you know what? You know what the best? No, it's not the best. You know what a cool part of winning this thing, hopefully, is. Use the 31st pick. That's what I want to see happen. Use the pick. Oh, yeah. Giannis, Giannis is 26 years old. At some point, you need to bring in more young players who develop. And, and war, oh, war is yeah. there. War is there. Uh, Maryland Diakite also. War is there. War is there. Uh, Mar- Maryland Diakite. Like, war is there. Giannis's age or older. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you need to find more. Like, you need to take more swings at developing guys. So, I think. The thirty-first pick, I'd like to see them actually draft someone with it because you know you now you now see like they can find free agents for their exceptions who can play. So keep doing that. Draft somebody at thirty-one, and I don't think they have any other picks. But maybe take another Wara type swing, maybe buy a pick. But yeah, I mean at this point, it's like work around the margins and try to get a little younger, a little stretchier. But you think they could buy a first-round pick? No. What was the last first-round pick bought? Was KPJ right? Uh, was that? Yeah, I think so. That was Cavs to Pistons, I believe. Yeah, it was a Bucks pick, but yep, <laughs> part of the uh, what's his name, John Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ. Oh, Tony Snell, get him back somehow. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. But yeah, it's it's stuff. He's a free agent. Place. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, at some point you run out of exceptions. They just nah, only gonna just have... vetmen, vetmens. Well, yeah, it's gonna have to be vetmens. They, I don't think they don't have biannual, do they? Did they use that last year? That was uh, yes, Portis. That was right? yeah. No, that was DJ, wasn't it? No, he was MLE. Oh, so it was Bobby. I think DJ was most of the MLE. Forbes was part of the MLE. Bobby was biannual, yeah, you're right. and then Craig was vetman. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, the KPJ pick was cash. Yeah, and a conditional second round pick. No, I think there was. It's actually. I think it was a really good player was the last one who was straight up cash. I've seen Bobby Marks talk about this, and now I don't remember who it was. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. Well, if there's a draft pick, then it's not. I'm talking about straight cash. Like they just bought it. No picks. Kevin Porter Jr. books out if he's going to be a really good player. Man, put up 50. There's a lot going on with Kevin Porter Jr. That's true. (laughs) There's a lot going on with Kevin Porter Jr. Um, Last question, also from Got a Plan Stan. Are y'all worried about injuries during next season with Drew and Chris and potentially Brooke if the rumors are true? I don't know. Wait, wait, what? I have not heard these rumors. Wait, hold up. Uh, Playing in the Olympics after making a finals run. They just got JaVale and Keldon. I don't think Brooke is going to see. I hope not. Uh, Actually, you know what? I think Adam won me over. I have been worried about this, but I'm I'm not that worried about it. I don't think they're going to play major minutes. I think they'll play. They they look like they're going to be useful, but – and we just talked about the Olympics are like less than three weeks long from today. It's not like they're going to be in a bubble for 80 days or whatever. Like how many yeah. games do they actually play? 
Uh, well, there's the there's the initial rounds, uh, and then there's the tournament. So like, like seven, ten, seven. Yeah, I mean seven, seven to games. ten. Seven games. I don't because you play gonna... everyone in your group once, so that's three, and then you get into maybe it's ten. Seven. I mean, I think they probably are going to miss some. It seems. When do the Olympics start? July twenty third. That's Friday, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe they don't miss some. I, I, I assume. I assume. I love not. that the NBA was like, "Oh, we got to make sure they're ready for the Olympics." The NBA finals theoretically could end the night before. It's ridiculous. Is that the reason there's not two games off? Because that's a that's a yes, city switch. That's game. the reason. It's so stupid. Uh, that luckily, is actually the reason. Luckily, not on track to be a factor this year. But that's so stupid. Um, I, I assume they were only thinking about TV wise and not thinking about like, oh, guys have to go from here to there like immediately. Like, three players, three players why, that they why, need. Why did they pick so many players on teams? Still, like they could have swapped them, like. Wasn't it like conference finals when they announced all the teams? Yeah, like, get actually, like, like, get like Zion, get like Trey Young. I mean, now Ja has said no, so just so everyone knows, Ja said no. I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that worried because I think I don't think I am worried. Actually, I don't think they're going to play a ton in the Olympics. They might. I don't think. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they will. Like, I think they'll be like no. Like, uh, they probably wouldn't. I don't think no, I don't if they're think going anyone, to the Olympics, they're going to want to play. Does anyone on Team USA play that many minutes in most of the Olympics games? Sometimes. And they're also all 40 minutes, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it depends on how close – like, the, theoretically, they wouldn't need to play a lot of minutes. But in the past, they've just been blowouts. That's not the case anymore. I mean, not always. They came seventh in the FIBA tournament. No, I'm not saying that's not the case. I'm, not, I'm saying the blowouts thing. I was watching yeah. the Kobe Olympic highlights. That game against Spain was super Oh, my close. God. I mean, that was a – Yeah. Not, uh, the people who have always been blowouts, they've missed some of the games in years past. Yes. Um, There's been like four or five close games, but that Olympic run, the, the Redeem team, my goodness, that is peak Team USA. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, honestly, like as much as we've talked about how important they're going to be to the team, like it's still a team with Kevin Durant, like Dame Lillard, Tatum, all these other guys who have already been there. Tatum's hurt. Are clicking. Oh yeah, Tatum's hurt. But there's guys. Tatum is there. just trying to get. Well, he's dealing with his own stuff, and he's yes. also just trying to get calls against FIBA refs for some reason. Guys who have been there longer. I I don't think they're going to play that much. I don't think it's that long. I'm not that worried about it. I'm I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared. It's okay. They also. I don't want them have, to get hurt. They also didn't have that much of a bubble run, and both guys. Missed a little bit of time. I know Drew had to sit out with COVID during the season. I think Chris. But still, COVID. they've been playing 45 minutes for like three months straight or two months That's straight. True. That's true. And now they're about to go and have their circadian rhythms messed up and then go play across the world. Yeah, like eight games. I don't know. Yeah, no, but it's like you're playing that much and your body is already at a toll. And then you go and mess it up with your circadian rhythm, which is very, very, very important. Yeah, I mean it's 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 stupid situation. You would hope to. I don't know. USA I'm scared. I'm very scared. I'm not going to care about it right now. They want to do it. They're doing it. That is what it is. Fair, I guess. I mean, uh, I don't. I guess know. It, like if you go to the point like, oh, no one's making them do it or anything. Oh, of course not. I mean, they they could have said no. Booker's gone. The fact that KD is playing makes me feel a little better because mm. I mean, KD, remember when Harden said he was going to play? <laughs> 
That was then ridiculous. He didn't. It, I think good for him. He shouldn't he be playing. The right decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly guys really want to do it, so they're they're willing to risk playing the extra amount of games and all the travel and everything else. So, and also, I mean, it's like next season now is supposed to be more back on track timeline wise, and it's not like the Bucks are going to be asking those guys to play forty five minutes a night to start next regular season. So, no, I mean, their training camp starts in October. Yeah. So they'll have they'll oh have they'll have a couple months off, three months off, which is a lot more than most of the bubble teams had. And then again, this is not going to be a balls to the wall season. I think for the Bucks, regular season wise, I'm not saying they won't be good, but off the championship high with the Olympics as a factor. If 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 whatever. No no not whatever. <laughs> these, the, whatever. If if it goes wrong, this will come back to bite us. So I hard. don't care. I, uh, I don't I care. I do not care. It wasn't me. If anyone thinks that, I, I, I get that I won't go to a game anymore this year. Although, let's be honest, if somebody hit me up like, I've got a game six ticket, I would go. I don't care about curses that much. It doesn't matter to me. I would. Go. I mean, I did try to go to the Deer District. <laughs> I mean, what? what it, we know it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter. It, it, the proof exists. If there is a correlation. Say, if we say that they're going to win versus if we're afraid to say it. I don't think word gets to the basketball gods and, and they care what we do. They care what teams do. I, I don't – I see, the thing is, the lesson I've learned, don't question the basketball gods. Don't tempt them. I don't think, fan, I don't think basketball gods are concerned with fans or podcasters. I think you're, you're being too humble, Ty. I said what? Like – and and what am I a player? I'm saying no. You have like, come on, you're important. Yeah, but not to the bat. I'm not, I don't play. I'm not an executive. I don't make team decisions. If I worked for a Again, team, it would be different. Just we're we're never we're never tempting the basketball gods here. Fine. If 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 go retroactively put if in front of everything. That's a great way to uh, wrap this up uh, as the Bucks are nearly – they're nearly there. They're nearly at the finish line. I say if. Very close again, to the summit. I am confident. I'm as confident as I can be, I'll say that, given my weird mental status that these posts – I cannot – it'll be a wild run if they actually do it. But uh, thank you, everyone, for the mailbag questions. This has been incredible, incredible content. Uh, Again, thank you. These have been great questions. If you want to get priority questions uh, in the Discord, I mentioned this up top, uh, make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple's tie, the pod account, account Adam or Jordan, their pod account, winning six pod. Just tweet it at any of us and we'll make sure to get it in there. Also, eurosteppod at gmail.com. And uh, you also have the chance to get it read out on the podcast, which tie, can you give us our latest five-star review, please? I can from Alexander 23, the title just five star and it was a five star review. So that's what we're looking for. That's factual. Uh, Only ones we'll read out. Yeah, of course. Uh, From big time, Ty Windish and time out with Ty to Rohan's Twitter haiku serenading and trying to build Jabari's new bionic knee from trying to learn if Greg Monroe was actually about as useful to the Bucks as Kansas is to the United States to Jordan's dog being a more consistent win-in-six guest than Ty, and hashtag Delhi pick now, Jordan, we need it. Also, this happened. I'm a longtime lover of Mark Gasol. Adam McGee, 2-7-2019, episode 259 of win-in-six. 
big guys for the brand. This was just a long stroll down memory lane to say these guys are dope and really good at what they do, been listening for years and still going to keep it going. Also to remind Adam of his public and admitted love for Marc Gasol and hopefully get a hashtag deli pick finally, maybe. Give them a listen. You won't regret it. A lot of old school references in there. Did I remember all of them? Not necessarily. I'm still confused at what the deli pick is. I don't know about the deli. The, honestly, the winning six guys might have to tackle this review as a mailbag question at some point. Yeah, because that's incredible. I, I know the, the majority of that. Uh, obviously, yeah. the ones about me, Haiku, still in my bio. Uh, did you notice that the uh, announcement tweet for the pod was a Haiku? No. No one clocked that. one? The one for uh, for the game four, or yeah, game four post game, game five, excuse me, is a haiku. Oh, I didn't. Wow, wow, Please. wow, wow, wow! Listen to the pod right now. What a freaking game! Oh wow, it's a haiku. I hadn't even seen the tweet. I just tweeted. I just retweeted it. I did not realize that it went. Wow. Well, I'm not going to say Easter egg on Twitter in until uh, little Easter egg in there. This yeah. this is for the the listeners here. Uh, but yeah, the the bionic knee. Ah, those were the days when we had to worry about Jabari Parker's knee. That's how long we've been doing the this original, before. the original proposed Batman to Giannis's Robin, Jabari Parker. They were wrong <laughs> then, and they're wrong now. Yep, they really are. And again, the Bucks are on the precipice of the title. Incredible content, just incredible stuff. I don't know. I'm so used to saying content. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> programming notes. We're gonna yes. We're gonna announce this on socials. Monday morning. So this is Monday morning. You can hear it now, dear listener. We are doing a full slate of GSPN content for game six. Pre-game show, YouTube, the full hour, not going half hour, the full hour on YouTube. Eurostep Podcast Network is the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. Be ready for that. Do the notification bell. Do everything cool. But we'll be on there an hour before tip. So about 7 p.m. Central, I believe all four of us, I'm pretty sure. But we got an hour of content coming and halftime Twitter spaces. We're going to do a Twitter space. Not sure what account will start it, so follow all of our accounts. But we're going to do a Twitter space, to breaking down what we've seen, getting ready for the second half. And then, as always, the postgame pod after. That will be uploaded that night. So a lot of GSPN content coming. If you want that good Bucks content, not that national media bucks content. Tune in across platforms. If you're only on some of those platforms, get on the other ones. But we're trying to get all over and and you know, like we said when we first announced this thing, the most comprehensive bucks coverage out there. Yes, we are excited to do that. Make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms. We're not just podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're gonna do a halftime Twitter space. Let's see how that goes. We haven't done that before. Uh, we're, we're just we want to give you the best content we're very confident that uh next game is going to be a very 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 important game in milwaukee bucks history uh maybe the most important since uh sunday or saturday we're not doing this again <laughs> it's a joke it's a joke uh but yeah make sure you're subscribed everywhere make sure you leave those five star ratings make sure you check out all of the great content across the blue wire podcast network uh, <laughs> sorry i had to do it to you uh and uh Stay safe, everyone. Make sure you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next time.